I would have followed you to the end. My brother, my captain, my king. Welcome back to Podcast of the Rings. I am, and this is, this is when you know you have a podcast partner, everybody. <laughs> what? We did not plan <laughs> a line beforehand. I see, we do our, we do our three, two, one, clap, 10 oh. seconds of silence. I see Jess's face panic. <laughs> and then, and then. Uh, she's like doing her little hand, like fingers, like oh, like you know, like trying to signal with that signaling. Yeah, yeah. And then I start saying the line. And she's like, "Yep, uh, uh, he got it. He's got. It. He's got. It. He's got. It. He's got." It. You started saying the line that I was about to mouth. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> Incredible. Th- there's only one line to introduce this final part of uh, Fellowship of the Ring that we are doing today. Ben, I think we made a mistake. <laughs> Why is that? Because like. All I was thinking about is like, oh, cool. This part's going to be about Lorien, and it's so beautiful, and Gladriel's so beautiful. The ending of this movie is so sad. It is so and sad. It doesn't stop being sad. And it's so heavy. It's like, what a downer to do a whole episode on. No, honestly. it's especially because this this side is so like Sean Bean heavy. And just the tragedy of his character. Oh, like the, sure. I don't want to say roller coaster because that's like too broad, but just the ups and downs that his character goes through of like, you know, we start out with Moria. And like we said last episode where he's the one comforting Gimli um, and he's like, you know, give them a moment for pity's sake. Like, yeah, Aragorn is right, but so is Boromir. Like they just lost, you know, Pippin. Is, everyone is blaming themselves for Moria. Pippin is blaming himself for, you know, the bucket. He should. Uh, he should. <laughs> Absolutely. He should. Gimli is is blaming himself for like, come on, let's go to let's go to Moria. Let's go to Moria. And he's, you know, like lost his kinfolk and his his kingdom. Right. Um, and Frodo is also blaming himself for making the quote unquote final decision. Right. So there's so much blame that everybody has on their shoulders, uh, that they're just trying to get over. And, you know, and then Walking into Lorien, and it's so I I the the Kate Blanchett of it all, and we'll I get to her. Mean. Just like you think that she's saying something so terrible to him, like in his head or something. Like they're like, what is what is going on? Why can't he meet her eyes? Like he's like freaking, and he's tweaking over there. <laughs> but it's because she said like there is still hope. And he can't wow. handle that. He can't Whoa. handle good news right now. And and then I don't want to jump too far ahead, but the conversation with him and Aragorn, one in Lorien of like, you know, have you ever seen, you know, the the white towers of Ecthelion? Like, have you ever been called home with silver horns? Like, we'll go there together one day and they'll say the Lords of Gondor has returned. And it's like, oh, my God, it's like. Us book readers, I again, I always want to know like what movie only people watch. Yeah, because like it's yeah. the same. You know, I'm watching Jujutsu Kaisen, and like you know, it's this crazy arc that's going on, and like all the man- manga readers are like, "Y'all are gonna hurt," and I'm like, oh, "I'm an anime only. I don't know what's happening." <laughs> um, and it's the same thing here. It's like 
did, it's it's it reminds me a lot of Revenge of the Sith. There's that that final conversation that Anakin and Obi Wan have, where he's like, "Anakin, be patient. Your time will come. Like you're doing good." And even in the theater in 2005, I was like, "Hey." He's going to make Oh wait, never mind. He's Darth Vader. I know. This is a prequel. I, yeah. I know it's they I know have it a way. It's like it has a one, way of making you hope. Yeah, it's God, like the it's... one really good dialogue that George wrote for these movies were like it almost got you. You almost forgot this was a prequel and you don't know that Anakin is already Darth Vader. And that's how I felt where I'm like, oh, my God, yes, Bormir. Oh, wait, no. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah they're not going to change this. Yeah. He's, yeah. he's dead. <laughs> There's some – I have a friend who – and I'm kind of similar too – who won't watch – who loves, like, romance movies and loves, like, great, like, Pride and, Pride, uh, Pride and Prejudice and all these, like, romance dramas or whatever. And will stop watching Serendipity before they lose each other because they oh, can't. Oh, wow. I know. Yeah. They can't handle the back and forth. And honestly, I relate to that because like, or, or like Moulin Rouge, there's a certain point where you just want to stop watching because you don't want to see what's coming next because you're, you're so bought into what's going on. Yeah. And yeah, I would say like, because we're watching this with a fine tooth comb man does the theme of hope really it's the overarching probably for the whole story yeah and boromir is out of it he literally says it and it is no surprise what he's going through based off of that so yeah actually it's not that far away from where we begin the third part is they see lorian um <laughs> literally Gimli's talking about being put under a spell by the great elf witch and and breathing so loud that they're going to get picked off by elves. It's really it's a really great entrance into like you've already seen River Rivendell. Yeah, I this is I was going to make this exact point. Go ahead. I I want Well, add no. You can't imagine something's going to be glorious. But what I forget that like you look at like the the woods of Lorien where like this is Lothlorien and da, da, da. you have no idea what you're about to see. What is your point? Just the fact that we have already seen Rivendell mm -hmm. and you know we've talked about it a lot. And one, you know, it's so funny like we've got you know, Gimli's like, oh, there's an elf witch that lives here. And the first thing we see is, you know, or here is Kate Blanchett um, talking in Frodo's head. I'm like, you know what? Is Gimli right? Is she an elf witch? Like, you know, he's not far off. He's, because there had been, like, you can't get into Lothlorien. You can't. And they had to admit you. So that's, so the, the myth or, like, the tale that Gimli's telling is true. If you trespass... Yeah. You're not coming back out, you know. No, I do I do love that, you know, the the dwarf breathes so loud we could have shot him in the dark. The he says it's, it's so sad. <laughs> How do you're so sassy? Because you know he heard the elf witch line. And oh. then <laughs> Yeah. I also love that, you know, everyone everyone, including Aragorn, is probably taken by surprise, but Legolas has his bow out. It's he the best. It's the best. Yeah, it's the perfect representation of like, oh, Legolas is like that. Um, but also we've seen Rivendell, you know, theatrical cut. We saw Rivendell maybe an hour ago, maybe 45 minutes ago. Sure, sure. This elf kingdom could not be more different. It is so different. Like, 
I think I'd still pick Rivendell because I know my sleepwalking self would like roll out of bed and fall 50 stories out of a giant tree. They, the, uh, that was my same complaint about Moria too. It's like you're telling me there's not a dwarf death a day on those, oh, yeah. you know, railless bridges. But Crazy. like elves, if you're a human going into Loria and you're dead, you're dying, you're falling For sure. off, you're falling off the branches. But you're an elf, you're fine. But you're a hundred percent. I'm like, I'm like scared for them on the deck talking to Celeborn and Galadriel. I'm like, oh, they're gonna, they're gonna die. Yeah, <laughs> and I do like this extended version of the meeting of Celeborn. And I know you don't like Celeborn, but I really hold like on. Him. I don't hate him. I just think I have other thoughts. Finish your thought. I, I, I just, I, I think Martin Saka is like. A, of, he is holding, not maybe not holding his own, but he is trying his best against Kate Blanchett. There's no meeting her. <laughs> no. Like, you can't, you're not going to meet her or anything, but I think he does a good job. And then later on, my my favorite line in this movie is like, you can outrun them to the fouls of Raros. And it's like, <laughs> they're filming like in the cold morning and the breath, his breath does so much work right there. Like, it's so good. The way he says Raros. And it's so it's so perfect when he's talking to Aragorn. And I like the in Elvish, like you are being hunted. Mm, I like that. It's good. I no, so here here's my thoughts about Celeborn. And Rings of Power did, does a lot of heavy lifting here. And and like kind of learning the lore from the Silmarillion about it too. No one can hold a candle to Galadriel. And it's interesting to me that she's even married. Like, there's a world where like this woman never gets married i kind of yeah. i kind of find it like <laughs> i was gonna say this earlier she is her own gender like you know what i mean yeah she is a di- she's a different being she is a, she's her own sexuality so it's like just kind of funny to like hinge her to a dude however what what's great casting about this guy too is like he's like a beefcake and he's not useless but even in the book he carries over a lot of the dwarf racism that Galadriel's like, come on, dude. We're like beyond that, you know. Yeah, even like you know, even his line like, for needlessly he went into more. Correct. Oh no, exactly. no, Legolas says that. Legolas says that. Oh, that's also that's also pretty. pretty yeah, for needlessly we we're led into shady. Moria, and like uh, Gimli's like, eh, you know, I didn't, I didn't need that, you know, kick while I'm down over here. <laughs> sure. Um, but I do love this extended scene of you know like. I don't think in the in the theatrical she doesn't address Gimli and she's like you know do not fret over Casa Doom and I think like her calling it Casa Doom when Legolas <gasps> just said Moria right means so much to Gimli calling it by its proper name like you know you know like I think it's almost like not an offensive term but it's like a very layman's term like oh the mines of Moria you know he even says oh they call it a mine it's like a full city it's a it's a kingdom yes um. And so just her addressing each member of the fellowship, like, is so needed. And, you know, any more Cate Blanchett is always good stuff. So that scene is not in the uh There's, like, a versions. little bit of it. Um, I don't think the Gimli line is. I don't think the... I don't think the legless line of, like, we were needlessly led into Moria. I don't... Th- I think that's not in there. I think that's there. a shame because this is probably some of Peter Jackson's best work is choosing to have Galadriel basically read each one of them with just a flit of an eye and, and tell each one of them what's happening. And it's, it's, it's an important scene, I think. Yeah. But you're so, so right. 
that, I mean, she basically, like, relieves Gimli of this guilt immediately. And we, and we needed that. And, you know, one of the things we talked about, too, is that, like, they kind of nerf Gimli in general. Um, this movie's not that bad, though, as far as he's concerned. Like, they end up making him much more comedic relief in the next two films. Yeah, Two Towers is definitely, he's, like, he almost takes over, like, Pippin and Mary's role for right. the movie. He's like yuck-em-ups, for sure. But this yeah. one, we kind of get to see, we get to see him bravely fight. We get to see him, like, be boastful. Like, he, like, we do get to see many layers of him. And then seeing him just, like, awestruck with this being, he's, we get to see some, like, really great Gimli moments that are closer to the book, I think. Yeah. Um, but then then they nerf him later. So I think that distinction is important. Oh, and I, I have it in my notes. I totally forgot about this. You know, when they're at kind of the the checkpoint with Haldir before they meet um, Galadriel, uh, there's a moment, you know, where, like, him and Aragorn are arguing. Uh, the cat just came back into frame. Uh, I'm a little under the weather right now, so I've just my cat cam on instead of my face cam. <laughs> Which is a very distracting and, and yes. perfect. Uh, but, you know, while Aragorn and Haldir are arguing, you know, Frodo is over there and Boromir says, like, you carry so much right now, Frodo. Do not carry the weight of the dead as well. And it's like another, like, Boromir's an empath. Like, like he... He's he, a big brother, man. He is, like, he is the ultimate big brother of this. And it's... We'll get to it, you know, in the coming weeks, but it is the biggest crime that they took out the flashback scene in Two Towers. I can, if you take yeah. away everything else in the extended thing, I, you know, and you left that flashback in, I'd be okay. Because that is the most important thing for Boromir, is the most important thing for Faramir of why he's doing what he's doing. It's the most important thing for Denethor and Sam and Frodo, like everything it hinges on that flashback scene, and I don't know what the meeting was. That had to be a Weinstein thing, where like, ah, get rid of it. Like, we don't, we don't need this. We don't want to pay Sean Bean any more money or something like that. Like, oh. some some dumb reason. But that flashback scene is so important, and I'll never stop talking about it. No, it's so it's so beautiful, and yeah, basically Sean Bean runs away with the last third of this film. It just one hundred percent does. And we get these moments of it makes his temporary insanity even that more impactful, I think, when he comes to finally like try to take the ring from Frodo. Yes. And and that's why you need these extra scenes with him. Cause I don't think this the scene the you're afraid of who you are and what you are, I don't think that's in the theatrical cut either. Which scene is that again? When, you know, like, oh, they see Gollum on the river and Aragorn oh. and Boromir are talking. I don't think that's in the, the theatrical cut. I don't know. Which is a mistake because, I mean, let's be fair. We kind of get a truncated version of it at the end with him and Aragorn after, you know, he's been shot by the Urukai. We kind of get, like, the sense that Boromir has accepted who Aragorn is. But at this moment in in that scene between Boromir and Aragorn, Boromir loves Aragorn. He respects yes. him. And I don't know that that landed on me until even Alex pointed it out. He goes, no, they love each other. They are, they are kin. 
they're they're men and they're not they're, they're susceptible to like maybe jealousies or discomfort or whatever and and Boromir never thought he'd see the light of a new king you know that's I, that's not something he expected in his lifetime I don't think because that just wasn't a reality for Gondor or or men in general but like to have his reality upended and Aragorn the king is in front of you he flips pretty not easily and he doesn't flip but like he accepts that and respects aragorn and that I, and this scene shows that i think it does and i think it's the power of galadriel like saying that there is one he's seen aragorn in action like he's seen him like be a leader throughout this whole journey that they've had so far um you know yeah of course like when you meet someone you know like oh like oh look at this nepo baby at this meeting uh well, like sorry you're not just gonna take my dad's throne right now um but seeing him in action throughout like you know their months and months of journey yeah we don't experience that patches of time this is months where they're just like walking around um and then hearing Gladwell say like yeah there's still hope and he know like in his heart of hearts he knows it's Aragorn he knows that's what the hope is is the true king of Gondor and the true king of men and so Right after, like, he says that, like, you know, he's like, oh, it's been a long time since we had hope. And then he's like, have you ever seen the White Towers? And that's where he, like, he, he bonds with Aragorn. And he's like, one day we will go there. Like, right there. You mm. see that moment where he's like, this is my king. This is my brother. And I'm, I am going, and that's why he says, he's like, I'm going to be the one to present him to my father and be like, dad, we found the one. He will lead us out of this misery where our enemy is literally at our doorstep at all times. And I found him. And he knows. Like it's it's so good. Sean Bean does so much with so little screen time, half a movie of screen time. Remember, we don't meet him until God. Rivendell. Whoa. Like, like if you're watching this at home, we get one scene with him before you have to change a disc. Like, <laughs> so literally like half a movie we endear him so much to us like it's God, crazy you remember that life holy moly i haven't watched a disc in a very long time oh i've got i've got them right here my no it's I, great I, I dusted them off i had to dig in my physical media collection for my um, extended edition blu-rays it's amazing well no because i'm watching it on uh, max right now so oh, okay, they do gotcha. have it all on max um God, imagine you have that little time to make this like just and and it's so it's so 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 good to this day. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. Sean Bean runs away with this whole back half of the film, and one of the things I find interesting too is Galadriel doesn't basically tell them anything. She does tell Frodo, someone's going to betray you. And that's probably some of the most clear advice an elf has ever given anybody ever, because the elves tend to go, it could be this, or it could be that. And she kind of does toe that line with him. I almost don't like it. Sure. I almost like kind of the, the mysterious of like, kind of head whispering. I don't know. It... I'm with you though. I think that's how I, I think that's why I'm bringing it up because we kind of want to live in that world, especially as book readers, where maybe he's not going to do it. Maybe yeah. he's not going to betray Frodo. I I do like everything about this scene works. I think the the betrayal scene is a little extra from the th- uh, from the extended cut, and 
I don't know. Like when we get to the mirror scene, mm-hmm. I love everything that he sees. You know, the scoring of the Shire and, mm-hmm. and Sam and just like the destruction. And I love that. I do love that. I think it's like an add on from this line where it's like one by one, it will destroy them all. Like if right. you can't do this. And so it makes me think that if the fellowship had stayed together, okay, Boromir portrays them. Oh, they, they kill Boromir because, you know, he's gone mad. Right. Gimli's next. Pippin's right. next. Mary's right. next. Like maybe you know, maybe Aragorn and Legolas can resist it, but not for that long. Like it would have one by one, in Emin Wheel or the Dead Marshes would have betrayed, like tempted them all, and he like they wouldn't have done it. So I I do like that, uh, but it's almost like the the Gandalf line, like right after Moria, where he's like, "Oh, you feel it too." Someone from inside. It's like I, we we get it. Like it it feels like one of the few times where I'm like, I understand what's going on. Yes, totally. Although I am glad that you you bring attention to that line where like it will affect them one by one. I think that let left a different impression on me than it had before. Yeah. Be- because you're right. Like, I think, let's put it this way. Smeagol kills Deagle, who got the ring, and that's just by being in its presence within a day or you yeah. know, within an hour of finding it that Deagle's dead. So the fact that everyone's resisting up to this point, um, Frodo's seeing even Aragorn cannot live outlast this. And yeah, let's not jump to that scene because that's, that's impactful too. But yeah, I think it would have corrupted them and that didn't, land on me until this viewing yeah for sure um and i i i think it works so well um with just letting i i like the line and i think it's in the trailer or at least part of it is like if you cannot find a way to do this no one will right and again Kate blanchett was 29 when they were filming this and it is insane just the amount of presence she has uh with just everything she is saying and again, like, again, this is, I, I want to go like ask my mom or dad, like, what did you think about this character where she just comes on screen, just bathed in light and the lighting of, of Lorian, like this blue, uh, this blue f- fluorescent, almost like neon throughout the entirety of, of Lorian is so gorgeous. I love it all. Yeah. That's what I was going to ask too. Is it how Peter Jackson is shooting? Like, what do you think that makes Kate Blanchett just stand out as this, like, just otherworldly character? It is, it's, it's how he's shooting. It's the sound design because I remember, uh, like, I think maybe it's like watching in my headphones because I'm watching it on my computer. Um, they give her voice an echo when she's, like, talking directly to someone when oh. she's saying something important because... Uh, when she's talking to Aragorn and, you know, she sees the Evan star and, you know, she's like, well, that decision is before her of like choosing a mortal or immortal life. But then it's like that decision is before her. What you must decide is to rise above all your predecessors and become the best king of all time. And during that, like when she's talking about, um, a- uh, not Eowyn, um, Arwen, Arwen, uh, her voice normal, but then they give her like a slight like echo, elf royalty when she's talking about like, you must rise above all the king of kings. I was like, I never noticed that before. You know, I haven't seen this in theaters, you know, 20 something years. Right. But listening to it in my headphones, I was like, oh, that's like a, it was 
subtle sound design of giving her voice like this, almost like she's talking to like a megaphone or a microphone of like, this is what needs to resonate within you right now. Like, it's really cool. Yeah, I think that that doesn't go, like the, the intended effect is successful, but that's kind of what I love is that it's not something so distractingly that like that's all you notice. It's just yeah. creating an effect in you, man. And I just one of the things too, like that I really noticed was like all the shots that Peter Jackson just sets her up, like standing next to something. She's standing on the boat. She's standing next to the mirror. She's standing on the banks as they're all walk- like she yeah. just like stands there a lot. I'm sure Peter Jackson is like, this is the most beautiful woman I've oh, ever God, seen. Oh, God, yes. Uh, <laughs> Peter Jackson is just as obsessed as Cate Blanchett as we all became in these moments because he was 100%. like, 100%. All right, uh, we're just going to have you floating in a swan boat. Why? No, uh, shut up. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> literally no reason yeah. Li- literally no reason to have her floating on a boat because <laughs> like she's floating on a boat and then like and then while they're doing that she's like giving the gifts to right, them I'm like right wait where is she right now I, who cares i don't care <laughs> if i look that goat flo- like i want to go to like you know where is it like the la brea like tar pits or the miracle mile and just like pretend i'm glad like i need to oh do a photo shoot as galadriel God. on the little <gasps> paddle boats that's a, oh you mean like Echo Park because there's Echo Park that's what it is. Yes. Tarpets, yeah. you would sink uh, yes. unless not you're the Do not do that. Uh, <laughs> please don't do that. Although if you're like that person that messaged us and asked us if Tariel and Eowyn uh, yeah. could survive <laughs> the, the sticky fly pad, then she, I think Galadriel could. I think she could. Yeah, she uh, walk. But she'd yeah, walk just, on water. I I love the the gift giving. That's so giving funny. The, Giving Pippin and Mary the daggers, giving Sam the rope. You know what's kind of funny too is like Gimli wouldn't even dare ask in front of everybody like what he wanted, and Sam the villain is like, "This is what you're giving me? Don't you have something right? better?" Okay, like I, I understand <laughs> because he doesn't like Sam can't see uh, too far down the road. Also. He just thinks it's rope. He doesn't realize it's elven rope that will literally untie itself so you can keep it. I mean, it's incredible. Uh, it's a, an incredible gift. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, just the Gimli saying, and the fact that they cut this out of the theatrical cut too, because they only have, they only have uh, Frodo Feeling getting, deal. yeah, get, they only have Frodo giving, uh, getting the star in the in the theatrical. That's I know that for a fact. That's kind of crazy. Like even Legolas getting the bow is so. Awesome. It's yeah. an awesome scene. It is. He's so grateful and he's just oh. like, "Oh my god, look at look at this thing." You know he's going to do damage. I he's mean, he's going to do work with that thing. Yeah. Good lord. <laughs> Out of all the gifts that were given, no one uses their gift more than Legolas. Holy Perfect. crap. <laughs> it's so true. But let me ask you a question though. And maybe this is a dude's only question. Uh, like what? Why? Hold on. Let me just preface. I know that there's weird Uncle Feanor wanted Galadriel's hair. I know that. But yes. why do dudes want hair of a of a woman? Like, why does Gimli want her hair? What is that? I I mean, what else would he want of her to remember her by? Like her handkerchief or something? I see. So he wants to remember her. That's why he wants something that's physically hers. I think so. I think it's I like see. physically hers. Like. I don't think he'd dare ask for, like, a possession of hers. Like, 
I Give think me it's a bra this... or something. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> like, <laughs> you got any socks there, Galadriel? <laughs> <laughs> well, she walks barefoot, so. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> He's... I do love, like, at the mirror, we see her, like, walk down the steps and, you know, like, her her perfect bare feet. And then you see, like, they literally close up on Frodo's, like, big old hobbit feet. I'm like, okay, Peter, we get it. That was my exact reaction. I was, it was like, you know what, first of all, I want to imagine that Frodo, or a.k.a. Elijah Wood, is the only hobbit that doesn't have hair on his feet. But, like, I just don't need to know. <laughs> I don't, yeah. I didn't need to see it. It's so funny. I love it. I love it. It's like, it's like he, like, predicted that foot fetishes would Foot, foot fetishists would be coming out of the woodworks in 20 years and be like, hey, if you want to look at her feet? Now look yeah. at these feet. <laughs> look at these feet. I do love, you could tell some days if you just like look at the Hobbit feet that sometimes like they won't be in focus. You don't have to like take too much time on them. Let's just get them on. Like you could, if you look, the feet look better some days than other days. Some days they really do like look like big Crocs that they put toes or flippers. on. flippers, <laughs> yeah, 100%. I, 100%. <laughs> I love it. I love yeah, it. Yeah, me too. But then I, that you know, then we get uh, Celeborn saying "raros" over, and I love, and you know, we uh, we see the Saruman, you know, saying "whom do you serve?" and you see, like I love the perfect visual language where you know we just got out of Moria and we saw our you know basically Aragorn, Legolas, Gimli, and Gandalf, four people fend off like hundreds of orcs. Yeah, you know the hobbits were helping a little bit, but you know, come on. These are like like they they have no combat experiences isn't and they're and they're three feet tall, so four experienced combatants like did pretty well against quite a few number of orcs, and then you see the orcs the urukai that Sauron are breeding, and you like the perfect visual one when that dude is standing naked in his hall he's ripped oh, like again yeah. how do you see this and I know it's it's time constraint and it's but and. Like the the time that Peter Jackson uh, was not given by the studio, but that's the crazy thing is that you see you have a perfect example right here of like this could be Azog, this could be Bulg if you did it right. Like how do you see Lurts and be like, hey, now we're gonna make the other guy CGI? Like, <laughs> yeah, it, it it's not time at that point. Like like you're so right that what should be the most menacing of orcs. I could, I can like just blink away because they were made CGI. Honestly, they yeah. are so un- unimpactful. Um, interestingly enough, in the Minds of Moria game, um, I ju- we just killed the end of Azog's line. Oh, nice! Boss. Let's go. Yeah, yeah. And so Alex does think that we will get a Balrog. So I think his mind is similar to mine that like they they can't not. Even though, like, the Balrog probably will come back or something like that. so Or a Balrog will come. I, I, I think his instinct's correct, but it is a little weird. I was like, yeah. no, Ben told me that the Balrog's dead, remember? <laughs> I mean, it is. It I might know, be a it is. It might be a different one. I don't I know. I don't think they could do the game, though, without some sort of Balrog. Some, like, some kind of, like, dark evil, for sure. Like, yes. I, I could understand that. I'm not gonna be like, man, well, push on my glass and well, actually, the Balrog is dead. Yeah. Um, <laughs> but, uh, but just seeing that and then seeing the other orcs that, like, come up to his elbows, like, you know, armoring all of them up, I'm like, oh, these guys, like, it's the perfect visual language. It's like, oh, these guys are different. 
these guys are the NFL while the other guys are the minors. Like, mm-hmm. like you are not going to be able to just mow these guys down easily. Now, granted, we have three of the best combatants all of Middle Earth, or four of them, so maybe they can. But, you know. But we're talking about worthy com- competitors. Yes. Like if, you know, if the, the orcs and we'll, you know, we're going to get to Helm's Deep in a few weeks, but if the orcs of Moria stormed Helm's Deep, we're not worried about it. They're not making it past the walls ever. You're just but, picking them off. For exactly. Sure. But that's not who, who fights Helm's Deep. And that's why they are so intimidating. And I like the visual language of them getting geared up and then they just run at full sprint. And they are cross-country runners, and it they is They literally crazy. don't stop. And they do talk about this more clearly in the books. Yeah. The orcs run through day and night. And, yeah. And, like, to be fair, Legolas can do that. Uh, Aragorn can somewhat do that. Gimli is doing his best. but like Gimli's doing his best, for sure. Like, dwarves aren't built that way. These no. orcai are... I mean, I think orcs in general, they have to stop because of the sun or find cover, right? Or, or travel yeah. underground. These guys don't have to do that. And they run at full sprint and get the heck there and get the heck out of there. Um, I, and I think to your point, which you have me realize, this is, the, this is how Peter Jackson really gracefully bridges us from, hey, remember that the Nazgul were the bad guys in this film? We have new ones coming for you. Yes. We're going to, like... He really gets us. He's really led us on this journey to fear what we're um, what we're going to be up against the next half movie and a half. Actually, we're going to take a break here. And Ben, why don't you do me a commercial for the Urukai uh, National Football League? <laughs> oh my gosh. Okay. Um... You thought the NFL was hard hitting? Well, guess what? We've got a new batch of. Big hitters coming your way. Fresh out of the mud, we've got the Fighting Urukai. They will not stop running. There is no clock stoppers. There are no timeouts. There are no fourth downs. We are just going. One guy catches the ball, the next guy tackles him. We just keep going. One guy gets concussion, one guy goes off an ambulance. We just keep going. They do not stop for anything. Even if a six foot six guy comes on the field with a sword, we'll just shoot him with an arrow and keep going. Don't worry. Pay per view only. Let's go. <laughs> and we'll be right twins. Back. <laughs> we'll be right back. All right, welcome back. I think I do feel like the Urukai would create that indoor football circuit. What is that? Oh, the XFL. Yes. Absolutely. That's ex- there's like the XFL. no rules, big hits. Yep. Like oh yeah, one hundred. The the Orc XFL would be would basically be like gladiator stuff where you know meets back on the menu, boys. That that would literally be the slogan of the Orc XFL. So one of the things I was going to point also, out how do too- orcs know what a menu is? <laughs> I don't want to be that guy, but just like. <laughs> no, it's a question. It's a question. It's a like, valid. It's, a it's valid an amazing question. line. The guy absolutely <laughs> slays it in his five seconds of screen time. 
I how do orcs no, like <laughs> when have orcs been to a restaurant? Hey, they ha- no, they have an orc chef, and the orcs like, the menu tonight, boys, is grubs and bach. You know, that's what he, that's what the chef says. Are there menus in Middle Earth like right now? Like, well, are you going could- to a tavern? Like. <laughs> You know, we talked about it when we talked about the Hobbit, where Gandalf rudely grabs the waitress, like I'll have what he's having. Right. Like, rela- right. One relax. She'll get. She's busy. Okay. <laughs> she got a full house and she is understaffed right now. You better tip well. <laughs> so okay, I think the thing is, is that I wonder if a menu has to actually be something that's written, or can it just be? Uh, the reference of what a place is offering, right? That's I can understand that, yeah. So that's what I'm wondering, like if it has to, if 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 there is a definition where it's just like what these things, but it's it's not suggesting that in my current Google at the moment. A list of dishes served at or available for a meal. So it's like yeah, similar list of offerings. So. I it's a funny line though. There's a couple anachronistic things like that. Uh, that I kind of love. Um, so I wanted to ask you, you know how like just there there are meme geniuses out there, especially with these movies that find some like especially deep cuts and somehow turn it into like a very relatable. One of my favorite ones right now is uh, your best friend takes a picture of you two and uh, when you ask her to delete it and it's uh, Elrond telling uh, Isildur, Get rid of it! Destroy Cast- it! Destroy it! <laughs> Cast it into the fire! <laughs> and I'm like, no. Because <laughs> no. you know that one girl or that one friend that's like, but I look great. But I look great. Like, what are you talking about? It's fantastic. Try- no one's going to be looking at you. Don't worry. Exactly. So I'm wondering where the meme is when Sam says, let me help you. You know, Frodo, you haven't eaten for days. Or, you know, you haven't eaten all day. You're not doing well. And it feels like a perfect boyfriend-girlfriend meme, like when she's on her period. And, yeah. and Sam's like, let me help you. And Frodo's like, you can't help me with this. Yeah. So I'm just going to have an iced coffee all day. Why do I have a headache, though? <laughs> you were describing my weekend. Yeah. Like, well, I've been sitting in bed watching TV all day long. I've had Why do three I feel... venti iced coffees and no sustenance. I'm annoyed. Why am I annoyed and jittery? And why Why does my stomach hurt? Well, uh, have you eaten anything? Shut up, Alex. No one asked you. 100%. You're describing our entire day. And I feel sick, and oh, that's fantastic. So yeah, that one needs to be turned into a meme, so I give you that, meme lords. And then we get the scene that, you know, they've been cast off, they're on the river, they got their boats, and they kind of, this is this scene is kind of like, even though I think you know what it's meant to make you feel is like, now that they're leaving Lorien, the reality is coming back. Yeah, the safety is gone. Right. It It was an amazing respite. You know, I think they were in the book. They were there for like a month or they something, were, right? They were to the point yeah. where they're like, "Why is the moon? The moon was waning, and why is it, you know, waxing again?" Or it was like, you know, they were confused at how much time they had spent. Yeah, because it's a, a literal paradise. Like, C- correct. Yeah. So I feel like it's supposed to portray us. Instead, though, it's just a really awkward cut because you have a beautiful scene between Aragorn and Boromir, and then Boromir is trying to like 
reapplied to Aragorn and be like, we should go to, we should go to Gondor. And like Aragorn really nastily is like, I would not come in within a hundred feet of your city and just cuts and they're on the river. It's a very awkward cut. I, I kind of like it because you have the whole, you know, the Urukai thing, the dum dum, like the drums beating, you know, even like that great scene where Legolas looks over and Lurch looks at the camera, Legolas looks at the camera, and it's almost like they're staring at each other, but you know they're not. Like they know, you know, they're still like a distance away. Right. Um, but like they keep going down the river, but you can feel the Urukai getting closer, getting closer. Um, and then they. They pull off for the night, and you know, Gollum is there, you know, floating on a log. <laughs> right, but I like that. I, I love that scene where, yeah, the conversation feels short, but just like Sean Bean putting his whole back into this of like mm. he grabs Aragorn by the shoulder. Like, you know, it's one thing like you know, Gondor is the safer road, like strike out from a place of strength. Like, oh, there, there's no strength in men that can avail. He's like, well, you were quick enough to trust the elves. <sighs> like, and then he goes to walk away, and then Boromir puts the truth of God into this man. Like, you've always hidden in the shadows, afraid of who you are, of what you are. Yeah. Like, this is after Boromir has accepted who Aragorn is. He wants him to go to Gondor for, yeah. He wants to go home. He also wants Aragorn to become king. Yep. He also feels like you can rally us. You can rally the men of Gondor oh, and, and we can win this fight together. Like he's not he's not trying to to at this point, he's not trying to get the ring to his dad. He really I don't believe he is. He wants think, to win. He wants to win this fight that his father's father has been fighting for generations. Like for as long as he's known this. There has been war. Like, yeah, like, you know, we talked about it at the at the, the Council of Elrond. Like, yeah, welcome to the fight, everybody. This is my life. Right. This has been Gondor's wow. life. Wow. My entire being, my entire life. Like, my mom died to – was it – was it – did I say that? Was – didn't oh, – I don't know. Is that, don't, is that how their mom died? I don't remember. I thought it – didn't – wasn't there, like, That's a the famine or, or disease or something that, like – oh, no, maybe that was Aragorn. I don't know. Anyways, back to it. Forget I said that. Um, But just, like, I don't know. I love this scene from Sean Bean. And this is the first time Aragorn – like, we've seen Aragorn upset. He's always been calm, cool, and collected. Right, even right. in the most – and then just him saying, I would not bring the ring within 100 leagues of your city. It's is it an awkward It is. Like, it is – it like you know he struck a nerve there, right? Because Galadriel's saying like it, it is your time to shine. What can you become? He's like, you know what? You're right. I know this decision, and it's like it's your mom and your dad saying something like, you know, hey, I believe in you, and it's your mom and it's your dad saying, pardon my French, get your shit together, right? Right. Like Galadriel gives the soft parenting. Boromir's giving him the tough love, the tough advice that he needs. Because he has in this version of Aragorn, you know, we saw it in, in Rivendell. He's like, I've never wanted it. I've never wanted this. Too bad. This is who you are. He's he's real talking him. I God, I didn't even think about it that way. Because he's he's so right, too. Here's the thing. There's no Bormir's not wrong. No, he's not. And you can because his opinion isn't created in a vacuum. He can't 
he prop he can't see beyond what his needs are because he's been, they've been on the front of the fight for so long. Yeah. And it is easier for an elf to say, cast it in the fire of Mount Doom because their lifespan is longer. Man, Boromir is tragic. It's and- the more you dig into it, like honestly, the sadder it gets. It's And he really gets vilified so quickly. So quickly. And and that's the thing is that in the theatrical cut, you don't have this scene. And so when they pull up to the shores uh, of, of Raros, um, Raros. <laughs> um, like, you know, he's kind of like, you know, shaking his head. Like you can see him kind of – and it and it's because of the com- – it's not because – I think the ring is like truly reaching out to him because he, he – like the ring censors the vulnerability, censors the oh, desperation yeah, totally. of him. But in, in the theatrical cut, you, you think – He's acting like a drug addict almost. It's right. not because of the conver- it's not because of the scene in Lorien where he's like, "I've accepted you." Uh, it's not the scene on the riverbank where he's like, "Get your stuff together right now." And it's so much leading up to this point where the theatrical cut completely kind of cuts that out and just makes him to be like, "Oh, he's tweaking." Like, "Oh my god, he just wants the ring so bad." It's like, no, he he wants like even in his most vilified evil moment. He's doing it for the good of his people or what he thinks is. Like, he's try- he, right. And that's the whole business yeah. behind the, the ring. Right, is the ring is preying on his deepest insecurities from his father, from his desperation, from his willingness to do anything to, to win the war. He th- like He's not keeping the ring for himself or anything. He's going to take it to Gondor because the ring is making him think like, we need this weapon because I hear it's a great weapon and we can use it to beat Sauron, even though everyone, you know, the elves know that's not true, but you know, the men don't know the history of this. Like it's been lost to time. It's thousands of years. Wow. Oh, I feel so bad for Boromir, man. It's so tough. And then, you know, again, uh, great visual, uh, great, script writing with um because even like this speech from Gimli is like oh after that we'll go to Emin Wheel and an impassable labyrinth of razor sharp rocks and after that it gets even better miles of festering swamps and well Gimli how do you know all this and also didn't they decide this before like yeah I guess I guess morale's just really low after it's real low like it's high highs in Lorien and then you really snap back to reality oh there goes gravity whoop there goes yep 100% because uh, it is because yeah. he's right and actually a, a little bit of um the treacherous road before them is lost because this lo- these this scene where he's where Gimli's like this is going to be insane like yeah. it, it's actually perfect because you get the sense of what Frodo has decided to do for himself yeah you know um but you, and in the book it, it's even worse because like in the book they, they fight some orcs on the river uh, Legolas shoots down a Nazgul. Like things right, get real, right, real right. quick after Lorien in the book. And I'm glad they didn't reveal, you know, the the fell beast or the Nazgul returning. I I like that big reveal in, in Two Towers, like cinematically. But in the book, it's even more dire. Where they know, they know that they they are being closed in on all sides right now. And they're uh, they still haven't made the decision as to which way to go yeah. at this point too. Because like there's a world where they circle back and drop. Boromir off at Gondor and that's mm-hmm. why 
like Boromir thinks that they, if he can get them to Gondor, he'll convince them to stay, to stay once they see what's going on. Yeah. So it's not it's not like because also one of the things that they made an agreement on with the Fellowship is that anyone could leave at any time. No one was bound past the point of uh, where they didn't want to go. And and Boromir's like, I can't go all the way to Mordor. I have my own fight to you know fight. Yeah. Um, so he just thought that they could, like they still weren't sure should they make a right and go to Gondor, should they make a left and go straight to Mordor. Um, but you were so right about the importance of just that throwing the shield on the back of his back, and and all we need to know is seeing the shield on the ground when everyone's like, well, where's Frodo? And Aragorn notices that Boromir's shield is sitting there and unattended as well. It's brilliant. And does all the work as opposed to, wait, Boromir's not here too. Yeah, it's it's so well done. And even in the the way this conversation starts where he's like, no one should wander off, least of all you. Like, are you sure you don't suffer needlessly? Like, the ring is so manipulative where it just slowly builds of like it builds off of like his big brotherliness like are you you know I'm I'm trying to help wow. you um and then it just magnifies the it just, qualities it just makes totally. it worse and worse and then like I didn't you know I I, I can't remember when I I said I think it was when you know we talked about Boromir or Faramir when Frodo like puts the ring on kicks Boromir off and then you know he slips and comes to his senses oh. um and then just like hit one, Sean Bean's acting it like you'll take the ring to Sauron. Like the 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 raspiness and the evilness in his voice is just you can. It's so good. Where yeah, the first time you watch it, you're like, oh yeah, dude. Like I'm sure you've recovered. Like the more you watch it, like oh my god, he was completely bewitched and manipulated by the most evil object of all time. And then him coming to and immediately knowing what he's done. Like, it's like you wake up the next morning after a, after a bad night of drinking. You're like, oh, oh no, did that God. actually happen? Don't even. Those like, are I'm, some I of my... Yeah, mm. I don't want to check my phone right now. Um, and his, <laughs> his absolute cries of pain being like, Frodo, like, I, I'm, I'm back. And then you hear, like, you see Frodo running up with the ring on. And it sounds like he's still chasing after him. Like, the ring is not done. He's like, no, I'm going to separate you two. Like, because wow, I'm going to make you sound. Sure. Like, he sounds still possessed. He's like, Frodo, Frodo. And then w- from Frodo's perspective, he's like, Frodo. Like, it's still this crazed Boromir that's chasing him wow. when that's not the case. God, that's such a good point. Yeah, because there's nothing, there's nothing I want more. You know, speaking of, oh, you know what? They're going to be fine. You know, those moments in the movie where you're like, Boromir's not going to do this. Yeah. There's nothing I want more to happen differently than for Frodo to go, oh, he's okay now. I can come back. I like I want that so badly in this moment. Yeah. For Frodo. I it can't go any other way. We already talked about this. We know it won't. But it's it's probably the most heartbreaking moment. It is. And it's so good. And you know, like he sees the the eye again. Um and even, you know, when he sees like he falls off one. That's like a 12 foot fall. Like, yeah, it's a big fall. You're totally a, right. You are concussed at the very least. <laughs> well, he's uh, a little hobby guy. Come on. He's, he's yeah. a little guy, but he's at least got the wind knocked out of him. He fell flat on his back. I, sure. I've had that fall before. Um, but even, you know, 
when Aragorn comes in, like, he's still almost still, like, possessed by it because he's like, where is the ring? And, like, you know, that's not what how he's saying it, but that's how Frodo's seeing it. But and and a- how could you blame him? You can't yeah. blame him. No, not at all. And this whole scene with Aragorn is so good. Just, you know, his biggest fear in life is I'm a Sildor's heir. He could You're not right, get right. the job done. And then him closing his hand. And it's like, I would have gone with you to the end. And, you know, it's become like a TikTok sound and I love it. And it's so perfect. <laughs> and and then his Aragorn's most badass moment for himself is followed by Aragorn's most badass moment for us. When he's like, run Frodo. Oh. And he turns the corner and there's at least 50 Urukai standing there. And all he does is not it draw his sword, nod his head, and get to work. <laughs> it's uh, it's incredible. And, like, where anyone else could have, like, he could have backed himself into a corner. It's so smart to go up those stairs so then you yeah. force, like, only one at a time. But, like, he's looking at 60 dudes, 60 yeah. gigantic XFL dudes. And yeah. he's about to take them all down. It's incredible. Um, yeah, that moment where he's like, run, please. Like there's, it's not, it, it has a lot of, um, fly you fools to it. Yes. Um, uh, like, what do you, I, I, but honestly, it makes me so sad too, that of all people, Frodo's so betrayed that he even accuses Aragorn of taking the ring, you know, yeah. wanting to, that makes me so sad. And it's good that they clear it up when he closes his hand and goes, I know. I, I know you wouldn't have come, come with me. Um, yeah, so Aragorn tells him to run. It's this beautiful plead moment. And then he just turns into, like, the ultimate badass, 100%. And it, it's it's truly, like, Aragorn, like, you could tell he himself is pumped up by what he just did because he does it a lot more in the book. But when he jumps off, he shouts, Ellen Deal. I was just like, going to say that. He is like, I am the, the heir. It's like it's, I did it. Yeah. Like, <laughs> totally. Like, so it's it's such a great moment uh, that he's, it's one of the first times where he's like, this is who I am. Yeah. And wow. Good point. It's so great. And then just amazing action. And again, we have, you know, Frodo running away, hiding, sees Merry and Pippin. And again, Merry just gets it. Mary is um intense man in this moment. Mary is so criminally underrated in yeah. how fast he picks up situations and how like just ride or die he is in these movies where he's like he Frodo just sh- shakes his head no he's like he's leaving. Wow. So Pip- that's kind of what was interesting to me too like cuz Gladriel says to Pippin you'll find your bravery and I don't know that we haven't seen him be not brave. Pippin? Yes. She says to Pippin, don't worry, Peregrine Took, you'll find your bravery. And Mary has it. But, yeah. But I don't know that, like, I wished Pippin to have bravery. I wrote it down because I thought that that was weird. But it, so first of all, it, if, if we're talking about the scene where Mary and Pippin are hiding from the Urukai, who their sole, their sole mission is to get the the hobbits. Um, or a hobbit, right? Mm-hmm. Um, and Frodo's hiding in the other cutout, the hollow of the of the tree. Mary understands right away that Frodo's leaving. Pippin steps out to go get Frodo. Was that number six? Number it's seven? Six. 
Six. Like I think it's six against Pippin. Because he's like, no, you can't. Not big bro. And like basically betrays where they're hiding. Now, Mary turns it into an opportunity because Mary's brave. And then you got that great scene where they're running, where where they're like, hey, we're over here, we're over here. It's working. And Mary's like, I know it's working. Yeah, I know it's working. Run. <laughs> but Pippin, you were hiding, bro. They actually do two really dumb things. And this is one of them. And we'll get to the second one because, geez, geez, Louise. Yeah. Anyway, yeah, no, Mary is is a smart, I don't, I think my problem is maybe being young, watching these movies and not like, sometimes I get, sometimes I buy in a little too much that I don't pick up on like nuance and stuff. I, I conflate Perry, Mary and Pippin, Perry. <laughs> yeah, there shipping. it is. I, I just conflate them as two dopes, you know, but now that we're like looking at it, Mary's real smart, man, and it's beautiful. Mary's got it. Mary yeah. has, has got, he's got the goods for sure. I think another time we'll um, have to do some what ifs, and I'd love to do a what if uh, Mary got the ring, what would happen? Um, I, I'd love that, honestly. That could be pretty fun. Yeah. Um, so we get this amazing tracking shot after, you know, Aragorn says, Elendil, and now Ar- uh, Legolas and Gimli are in the fight. You know, Legolas lets loose, the, like, the first arrow we see him with the new bow. Yeah. Uh, Gimli throws the axe right away. It's like pretty- Just come around the corner and just chucks a hatchet into a dude's <laughs> face. It's incredible. It's incredible. We get, you know, we get the arrow sticking in the face and then shooting that same arrow to kill another orc. It's, it's Imagine, just imagine <laughs> you're an orc and he's like, oh, he hasn't reloaded yet. Gat! Like right in the eyeball. <laughs> like you're not, you don't die immediately when that happens. Like mm-hmm. you, that's the thing about all these like medieval sword wounds. Like you're most likely just bleeding out from a lot of these. <laughs> you're dying on the ground for yeah. sure. You're watching your brethren fall next to you, and you're like, "You too, bro. See you. See you in first Valheim. day, man. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> their first fight. That's all. Aw, poor guys. Uh, it's okay. Their torture will be ending soon. Um, so then you see the tracking shot of them going down the hill and the the camera pretty much stays above them as they're all running towards the Hobbit. Um, yeah, like, uh, you know, they hear the, the horn of Gondor. That's right. That's right. And I love that meme, too. I think you sent it to me where it's like, they're the horn of Gondor. And uh, Aragorn runs past Legolas. Le- Boromir's played by Sean Beam. He'll never survive. <laughs> <laughs> That's good stuff. I like it's that. It's so good. Uh, uh, but also, like, it's it's great stuff where, like, Aragorn is struggling against one Urukai. Like, he's wrestling with him, and it shows how strong these right. creatures are. That Aragorn, you know, yeah, they're better swordsmen than the better fighters, but they're equal in strength. Oh, it's, like, scary how strength how much strength there is behind these these beings yeah um so this is we we as he does the horn um we kind of see boromir like put up a fight with uh, as many orcs that aragorn was fighting too but then he tells the hobbits to run off right doesn't he say something like go go yeah, uh, a great, great uh, moment where, like, you know, Mary and Pippin are about to get axed in the face, and he just catches it with one yes, hand. Yes, throw Like, chops them in the back with his own axe, and then just, like, gets to work, and just, like, single-handedly defending, all, like, I, 
I wanted to count the bodies at his feet. There's at least 40 at his feet. He does, he does like swift work with these guys for yeah. sure. And and it's it, it you And know, he speaking... needed his shield, Jessica. His shield is on the ground and he leaves it behind to go gather firewood. He just needed his shield and he'd be alive. Stop. I didn't even think about that. I'm so upset right now. I didn't like this was I probably realized it before, but it, it hit home this time where I'm like Oh my god, he didn't have his shield because he was collecting That's firewood. All he he would have blocked needed. all the arrows. Oh my god. That's actually heartbreaking. Yep. So so he, you know, I was going to say, Aragorn is emboldened by the fact that he said no to the ring. Boromir has everything to prove and protect these halflings, even though he's already scared Frodo away. Yeah. Pippin and Mary don't leave. <sighs> the now, whole point... Is that they're supposed to go. And they turn around and throw rocks. Which, by the way, the rocks do way more damage to these guys than they should have. The, yeah, <laughs> the fact that these guys are dying to, like, <laughs> like rocks thrown by hobbits. Like, eh, I don't know about that. full armor, not happening. But where, why didn't Merry and Pippin run? What? I don't know, I mean, man. they wanted to protect Boromir. They're part of the fellowship. I get it. But, like, it's also dumb AF. Yeah. So I don't know. Is that a ding against per- Perry <laughs> or just or just Pippin? I think it's a ding against both of them, honestly. Right. Um, so I, I think, think that still counts against. I don't honestly. I don't know how far they would have gotten. Um, I mean, it's better. Here's the thing: cinematically, theatrically, story wise, it's better that Boromir knows that they were taken. Yeah. And it's kind of sweet to. If you think, if, and this is how I felt too, it's kind of sweet that Boromir saw them trying to fight for him. They saw him trying to fight for him, and then on top of that, it's like if they start running away, it's it's almost like a catch twenty two where it's like if they stay, they're easier to capture. But if they start running away, the orcs are just going to ignore Boromir and like go around him sure. and go after them. Sure. So I don't know. I, I don't think there's like a right answer here, but I understand the I mean, frustration. The whole of like, thing is they're supposed here. to run. The whole thing yeah. is that they were supposed to run. Um, I just think it's very funny that they don't. Um, and then, like, really smartly, the the main leader of the Urukai just goes, "You guys." He's like watching all his bros die, and he just shoots him because that's the only that's the only option right yeah. now. Um, it's so sad. And the fact that the first arrow. Hits him directly in the heart, and he keeps fighting. Is insane. Ugh. It's yeah. This is like that's what I'm saying. Like, there's a lot to feel, and like you know, there's a lot to laugh about. There's a lot to enjoy talking about this. But this this back half of the film is really rough. It's really it, rough. It's still this death scene, and, and like yeah, we're we're a Lord of the Rings podcast, but this death scene does like hit really hard every time I watch it. Let me ask you a question. Is, is it because it's man? It's, he's a representation of man. The whole reason we're fighting for Middle Earth right now is so that men, the, the, you know, the rule of men can, can take over. And, uh, and is it, is it, do we feel the loss of this because we can relate to Boromir better than we can to Gandalf, better than we can to Frodo or whatever? Is there something about this loss that's significance for the overall arc of the story. 
I think it's it's a lot to do with like the overall arc of the story. Um, I think it's Sean Bean's performance. I think everything leading up to this has like given us so much depth to this character um, when we didn't think that it was going to be there. Right. And just everything about it works so well. And the fact that, you know, one, like the fight with Aragorn and Lurch is so cool. The mm. shield throw by Lurch, like hitting like – Aragorn has his work cut out for him with this orc um, and proves like – and that's also just so cool of like how many orcs Boromir killed when Aragorn had to put in like all the work just for this one. Granted, like sure. they're all – Lurch is, you know, above the rest. He is, you know, uh, the MVP of this uruk horde. Yeah, he's the captain. It's a, diff- yeah. it's a different game for sure. But uh, great fight. Uh, Viggo Mortensen blocked a real dagger from being thrown at him. Insane stuff. Uh, but uh, after that, just this whole scene. One, biggest blooper I can find in this movie. And I can't – they must have, like, not noticed it until post. And then you obviously you can't get, you know, 30 extras in orc makeup and armor. Okay. When Aragorn is – after he kills Lurtz, watch this scene again. When he's running across to Boromir, an, ur- an orc just gets up. That's right. That's right. I don't know what. (coughs) Sorry. I don't know what this guy was doing. Who called cut or what? (laughs) But he just straight up like sits up and goes, huh? (laughs) Congrats to that guy. He is like down in history of like, hey, look, that's me. I did that. Uh, But I can't believe they didn't notice it. It's wild that it got left in. That is, I, I, I have, I saw that years ago. I forgot about that. That's incredible. Yeah. My, fa- my favorite blooper of all time. This guy goes, huh? huh? Just running by. But this whole scene, the fact that the first thing Boromir says is they took the little ones. Mm-hmm. And he, he only cares about Merry and Pippin. Doesn't care about himself. And then he's so ashamed of what he did with, with Frodo. And then, you know, the fact that, you know, he's like, oh, then you did what I could not. And just everything about that. And my city will come to ruin. And Aragorn saying, I don't know what strength is in my blood, but I do know I will not let the white city fall or our people fail. And the look on Sean Bean's face when Aragorn says, our Our people. people. And this is why you need the extended cut because you have the... (sighs) There is no strength in men that can avail us. There is, like, I would not take the ring within 100 leagues of your city. Of your city. Yes. And then he says, our people. And the smile as he's got blood pouring out of his mouth. He's on his last 10 breaths. This smile, he says, our people. I would have followed you to the end. My captain. My king. Like, just takes his sword and it's just so beautiful and so tragic and Sean Bean does not get like best like I know Ian McKellen deserved his his Oscar nomination Sean Bean should have gotten one too there's something so special about that moment in particular that I was feeling the same exact way and because of this moment because when he goes to grab his sword like you said and that smile it is the most unburdened Boromir has ever felt. Yes. And he's dying. And he still managed to help us go, okay, he's going to be okay. In a sense. Yeah. You know? Like his, his journey is over. 
Ugh. Like, like I just finished um, the season finale or the series finale of Attack on Titan, and there's so much that makes me think of Lord of the Rings, where mm. it's like there's so many times where people have like a chance to like come back, and someone's just like, you know, like they've they've lived their life, like they've done all they could. Let them rest now. And that's what Boromir is. Like, that's, like, he even says, like, it's over. Like, you know, Aragorn. Because, you know, I doubt it. They were probably poison arrows. Um, It probably couldn't have saved Boromir. But Aragorn could have, you know, maybe treated him. Maybe gotten him somewhere or something. But it's like, it's over. It's over. Like, I, I, I mean, I, everything he everything he fought for and even fighting against himself, he's just tired, man. He's yeah. just tired and it's over. Yeah, I think it's hard. It's hard. When you've learned to love a character just in that one moment. So this is that's why I was saying it's it is emblematic of the entire reason why Lord of the Rings is so impactful to this day. Literally Elrond in the beginning of this or the middle of this film goes, men are weak. And Boromir showed us that. Men can be weak, but then they can also have a huge redemption and and recognize that we're not perfect but there's still we're worth fighting for because of how Boromir went out for sure yes and just <sighs> this scene gave us hope for men it gave us hope for the fellowship and you know they they bury him and uh put him in a canoe and he goes over the falls and then you see Aragorn putting on his gauntlets and it's so beautiful and, you know, we've got Frodo <laughs> Frodo leaving in the canoe and Sam, like, it's such a perfect line. It's like, I'm going to Mordor alone. Like, what a thing to say. It's like, I'm going to Mordor alone. He's like, of course you are. And I'm coming with you. <laughs> it's so good. It's so good. And I love it, but I'm sorry Sam dies here. Like, <laughs> in no way does he sink for that long and Frodo can, in this wobbly old canoe, he lean over. He has to over. sail over there. He has to sail. He has to. Paddle, Paddle over, over there, <laughs> somehow reach 10 feet underwater and pull him out. No, I'm sorry. Sam dies. But it, but it is such a it is such a great scene. It's so beautiful. And it's like I, I made a promise and I'm I intend you know, and at this point, like everyone thinks Gandalf is dead. Like everyone thinks he's gone. So he's like, I made a, a promise to Mr. Gandalf, like, I'm gonna protect you. I'm gonna yeah. stay with you. Yeah. And it's so good. And you know, Frodo does need him. He absolutely does. Like, this doesn't end the same way if Sam's not there. I totally recognize that. And any time I've ever, like, badmouthed Sam, it's mostly just, like, to also, like, exemplify a different perspective, too. Yeah. Because Sam's not perfect. Frodo's not perfect. Um, but that kind of bond is what gives Frodo strength. The promise that Aragorn made to Boromir emboldens Aragorn. These bonds are what are at the heart of the story and why we keep coming back to it for sure. So we see Gimli be super pessimistic again. And then Aragorn's like, we're grown humans and men and elves and dwarves. We're going to go save those, <laughs> those halflings. And then we see the Amon wheel, uh, Emin wheel. I can never say it correctly. Uh, as Frodo and Sam walk off together in the sunlight. I do love the let's hunt some orc. Let's hunt like, some orc. It's on the menu, boys. Yeah, it's on the <laughs> menu. It's the chef's special. 
<laughs> Sorry, we don't serve that till five o'clock. That's on the dinner menu, not the lunch menu. We're closed from three to five. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, brunch is only on the weekends. <laughs> you don't get bottomless mimosas until you get the orcs. Happy hour is from two to six. <laughs> we can only legally do it for two hours a day. <laughs> can I see your IDs? Are you 21? <laughs> it's perfect. It's perfect. That's the next commercial, folks. Well, um, so we do need to stay tuned with us on our socials. We'll let you know um, how we're going to break the uh, second movie up into three parts. Um, we will do a like roundup on all three movies once we're done with this. But uh, in order to like round up this movie, Ben, what would you say like the main themes of this uh, movie is? It's hope, and I, I I know like even after Two Towers, you're like, oh, we've got a we've got a chance. You know, we won a, our first big battle. But this one is just like this movie ends on a down note. Like you forget because everyone's like, oh, Fellowship is like the lightest of the three. It's like, I don't know, man. The more I watch this movie, the more it's just like this movie's almost the most full movie where you have two. Sorry, two huge character deaths. Granted, you know, Gandalf comes back. But, you know, you as a movie watcher, you don't know that you like. Oh my gosh, your two biggest actors, Ian McKellen and Sean Bean, just died. So no one's safe. You have a your enemies are piling up. You haven't even met Gollum yet. Are your felt the fellowship is done. This movie's called Fellowship of the Ring, and the fellowship doesn't even make it through. There's Whoa. so much adversity in this first movie that it's frustrating sometimes with how overlooked it gets. Of like, oh, yeah, yeah, but, you know, Two Towers has, you know, Helm's Deep. And, you know, obviously Return of the King is the big one. It's like, dude, do not sleep on Fellowship with everything it gives for us. And the more I watch it, it might be my favorite of the trilogy, honestly. Just, like, because of Sean Bean. Like, he's just so good in these movies. And he deserves all the love. Boromir deserves all the love. And I remember watching this and just, like, I've never been so ready to walk out of a theater and walk into a theater for a next installment. Maybe most recently is like Spider-Verse, but until then, it nothing had come close. Where the desire, like that's a great point, Ben, is this sets off the entire course of desiring the next film. You don't yeah. love, you cannot love Two Towers. You cannot love return of the king without this film yeah and you're right it this this entire film does a better arc than i think any of them oh yeah for sure i i, I think this is the best arc for almost all like um like you know pippin gets a good one in the next one and you know in return of the king aragorn you know becomes who he was meant to be but just so so much happens and so much growth and just like we are in it now. Yeah. There's so many realization moments of that. And even for us as the audience, there's those moments and it's so well done. And I love this movie so much. And just rewatching, I'm just like, God, there's so many great moments. Sean Bean just kills it every single time. Love it. 
It's beautiful. And we want to thank you as our audience for joining us and rewatching it with us along the way, too. We want to hear your thoughts. What do you think the main uh, themes of these movies are? Do you feel differently about Boromir? What's different about this watch along uh, with for you? Because we're learning new things that we may have thought about before or forgot or just learning to love characters in a different way. Uh, we want to put a special thanks out there to our Patreon subscriber, ArsenalRoy2K. And we want to thank you, a future Patreon subscriber, who could also get your name shouted out in the future, should you want. You can visit us over at uh, www.patreon.com forward slash pod of the rings. You can also find us on Insta- uh, Twitter at Pod of the Rings or Instagram at Poderpod. We will change those eventually. But Poderpod. Poderpod. And uh, Ben and I, Ben, this is wonderful to enjoy this with you as well. I love your takes. Me too. I love talking about this with you so much. And like you said, like I'm discovering new stuff that, you know, like you're bringing up new stuff that I hadn't thought of. And it's it's so cool to see that. That's why I just like talking about movies, you know, Nowadays, I feel like movie discourse has gotten real soured online, but it's about finding, like, different perspectives about stuff you hadn't thought of. And even in, the, like, this is probably my most watched movie in, like, the history of my life, and I'm still discovering stuff. And I, that's that's the point. That's it's worth fi- It's worth fighting for that, and it's worth keeping a healthy discourse out there for that reason. Absolutely. Because uh, then you, you don't have to agree with everybody on everything. No. But you do have to let people like what they like. And that doesn't mean you have to be their BFFs either. But I think we're doing a good job of holding up the torch of fun, healthy discourse. So good on us. All right, folks. And until we see you next time, Ben. May our paths meet again. Let's go. Let's go.